Hello everyone, this is the Priceless Podcast. I'm the Priceless Podcast host, Mikhail Sechen. This podcast is made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian Groups. If you want to follow this podcast, you can follow it on Facebook and Instagram. And there is also an, a way for you to support this podcast through a donation. Subscribe, like, comment after you watch this video, because this helps people to see, to see uh, or that the video comes a little bit more higher on the top when someone searches for a topic like this. And of course, you can share this podcast with your friends, with people you know, or on your own, or on your Facebook page. Today with me, I have a new guest, of course, like uh, for most of the episodes. And I forgot to ask how to pronounce the last name. Uh, <laughs> the guest is from uh, Sweden, and it's... I'm gonna be brave and try it. Elin Vester. Vester. That's, that's so amazing. Almost, You're doing great. Almost. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Priceless Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be a part of this. Well, today we're going to talk about a topic. I already had a guest where we touched a little bit on this topic, but every story is unique. And I'm so glad that I actually uh, got your contact through a mutual friend, uh, Oliver. Oliver was also a guest on this podcast. So thank you, Oliver, for connecting us because I was so excited when you suggested Elin to be my guest. I'm going to say one word and you can answer with one word or you can elaborate um, to this word. So the first word is identity. Uh, my identity is asexual and aromantic. And I'm also a cis person. Uh, he, she pronouns. And the second word is actually sexuality, but I think you already answered that with yeah. the first word. <laughs> well, of course, the identity is much more than that, what I said, but uh, my identity is also to be a Christian person. That's also part of me, so... Yes, so you are answering, you're reacting to my words up front. The next yeah. word is faith. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I'm a Christian and I'm also a Baptist evangelical Christian. And of course, the history of Christian movements uh, around the Europe and world, they are different. So a Baptist in Sweden might be a bit different than in another country, but... That's my history. That's a part of my kind, uh, how uh, my faith looks and how it works for me. Church. Well, it's a, a Baptist Evangelical church I'm a member of right now. And I'm actually also a pastor in this church, but I'm not working as a pastor right now. But that's also part of my uh, history as uh, being a Christian, I guess, too. I've been educated as a leader but right now i'm working with another job so relationships relationships are very important it's a part of my story coming to terms with being ra's that you you can't get stuck on one way of thinking of relationships you have to explore 
explore and find relationships that works for you and also put a lot of value to the relationships that you already have. And the relationships, uh, the relationship with yourself is also very important. The last word is human rights. Human rights, we should never, we should try to fight for them, I think. You can never feel that the work is done because there are a lot of things to do. You identify as aromantic and asexual, which is shortened aroace, uh, so yes. that we tell the people when we say or when you say aroace or what it means. Yes. Can you explain what that means, maybe in general, but also for you in your life? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's actually very new for me to identify this way. I started to identify as asexual aromantic in the beginning of 2021. And I was 37 years old at the time. And I had only recently before that started to learn about what asexuality and aromanticism is because I ordered uh, books from the library in December 2020 to find out what asexuality was all about. I had this uh, struggle within myself that I, I have actually never understood my own sexuality and I, when I was uh, 37 years old it, it had really become a problem for me because um, I was wondering why can I never make a connection relationship with another person? Why can I make my sex life work? And also I had the experience that I've never been in love or experienced any romance uh, feelings. And I was thinking that this is so weird because I'm not a person who is afraid of taking contact with other people. Well, I, I couldn't find anything that was wrong with me, but I was struggling with this inside of me. I listened to a lot of people talking about books and they always talked about LGBTQIA+. And I was thinking that, well, that A, I, the first thing I learned was that it was, uh, uh, that it meant asexual. And, and then I also thought that, is there something about that asexual? Maybe uh, I was drawn to it, of course, but at the same time, I was so determined that there's no way that I could be asexual. It will be great to be asexual because then I don't have to feel this pressure of making things happen. Or, uh, But I, I was convinced that I couldn't be asexual because uh, well, I used to... Uh, uh, well, uh, I can put it this way that uh, all my life I've been having strong feelings of libido or the sexual uh, area, or, uh, uh, how do you say it? But, uh, but the, my problem for me has been that I've I, I felt the strong needs and strong feelings in this area, but I never met a person that I wanted to have sex with. And of course, I learned now that that's the part of attraction. <laughs> when I heard about asexuality, I was thinking, well, I should learn about every identity. So of course I need to learn about this as well. It was a book called Ace by Ang Angela Chan and a book uh, called The Invisible Orientation by Yuli Sondra Decker. The books came to my house uh, December, 2020 and 
it was an extremely emotional experience because it was like opening a book that was about me, my experience. Uh, and the thing that made me so emotional is that I've never heard about this. I never been able to relate to when people talk about sexualities and how that works. Uh, all of a sudden I could read about things and I actually could understand myself. Uh, and uh, I learned that asexuality is a spectrum that a lot of people have a lot of different experiences. Uh, I learned the definition that asexuality is when you feel little or non-sexual attraction. And uh, a lot of asexual people can be described as uh, they, they identify as being non-sexual or they don't have any libido or th thoughts about sex at all or anything. Maybe they don't even want to hear about it because it's not, it's not about that is there's something wrong with sex, of course, but they don't feel that themselves. A, a lot of asexual people, they don't have positive associations to the thing. But of course, they are open to that others have a sex life, of course. So that's something important to say. But there are also asexual people who have a strong feeling of libido. They might enjoy sexual in fiction and in media or think about it or uh, taking care of themselves maybe uh, to their needs. Uh, but they don't feel sexual attracted to other people. And there are also people who are in the gray areas, gray sexual or demisexual, who do experience sexual attraction with in very rare uh, circumstances. Uh, demisexuals need a strong emotional bond to someone to feel attracted to them. And gray sexuals then can feel sexual attraction, but very few times in their lives maybe. And then there are a lot of micro labels because uh, I think the micro labels the identities within the asexual spectrum is the, a way for asexual people to explore themselves to communicate that well i'm asexual but i i experienced this in this particular way uh, that also meant a lot to learn and i found my own experience in that kind of um, one of the micro identities and the thing was that uh, I also listened to the podcast called A-OK, which, which are interviews with asexual and aromantic people. And there was one episode when people talk about this kind of experience uh, that I relate to. Uh, and it was the first time I ever heard someone else saying uh, that they experienced that way. Uh, being aromantic is not the same thing as being asexual, but... Uh, is an identity where you don't feel romantic attraction, which is, which is being in love or lo loving someone in a romantic way. And that's also a spectrum that you can uh, feel. Uh, you can be gray romantic, for example. You can feel romantic attracted to someone, but very few times in your life and, and so on. But um, for me, it was a very strong uh, experience to learn about a romantic because I, I didn't even need to think about it because when I read the word and the definition on the page I immediately I knew that it, that is me 
I didn't know there was a word for someone like me. I, I actually, I, that was also something that uh, was a very overwhelming experience that, that there is a word for some, uh, for me that I didn't know about. And also that I learned that there are other people like me. There is a community. I can talk to people. So um, the book, The Invisible Orientation, made uh, suggestions to find people uh, who were, uh, um, the author mentioned Avon, the Asexuality Visibility and Education Network, which is a website with the address asexuality.org, very easy to remember. And there was information about asexuality, but you were also uh, able to write in a forum. So I, <laughs> I very nervously wrote that oh my god i read these books i think this is me i'm 37 years old what should i do and um, can i be here uh, to learn and talk to people because the thing is that i I've always seen myself as a straight person and now i was beginning to think that no it, it's wrong i i might be of a, i i'm not heteronormative i'm something else but I was so nervous because I thought, uh, I'm 37 years old, how, how are you going to do this? And could I, be, could I be a part of this community? I was so nervous, but everyone was so nice to me. The asexual people, they sent me pictures of cakes because cake is a very important symbol of the ace community. And there was also suggestions of an aromantic forum uh, uh, and um, it's called Arrocalypse, which I really love because, of course, I'm a Christian. I've heard of the apocalypse before, and I'm also a lover of zombie movies. So I was very connected. I, I loved that it was called Arrocalypse. And I, it was the same thing there. I wrote the message. And so there was a person reaching out to me, and they were saying to me that, well, uh, we are a few people starting an aromantic discussion group on in a video app. So you're welcome to be a part of it if you want to. I thought that this is amazing. This is the next step to talk about other people about this. Then I will know if this is true or not. But I was so nervous because I was going to talk in English because it was an international uh, uh, group and I was so nervous also because I thought I have always had such a, such a huge respect for queer people. Uh, uh, and uh, I was so nervous because I thought, well, I'm going to sit there with queer, aromantic people. And uh, of course, it will be very obvious if I don't belong in there. Uh, but uh, of course, they were very nice to me and they knew that this was new for me. And the thing that made me so emotional was actually that I, they didn't need to say that much. And I didn't say very much in the start either, but uh, I just felt at home. I felt that I belonged there because they were talking about intimacy, relationships, feeling and everything like that. And I I also become very aware that all my life I've been feeling like an outsider. And when people talk about their um, falling in love and their love stories and also about their sex life and uh, feelings, uh, you know, people talk a lot about that in the 
growing up as a teenager and being a young adult. And even if you are an adult in your thirties, uh, of course, you it's very present in every conversations. Um, so to be able to meet a group of people that actually get you and they were saying things that I could relate to, that was actually very overwhelming. I was also quite nervous because I was I wanted to uh, introduce myself as a Christian because that's a huge part of who I am. And I, of course, I said I'm a LGBTQIA plus affirming Christian. <laughs> you know, it's a very hard to say in English. Uh, but the leader of this group said that, well, I'm a Christian as well. And uh, they're from Britain and they're from the Catholic Church. But she, they, they also said that um, even in the LGBTQ affirming communities in church, you are going to be aware that the aromantic perspective is not always uh, recognized or have a place for that. So... I really appreciate that I also got that contact, that uh, I could just know that uh, there are even a romantic Christian people. So I could uh, relate to, of course. In the year of 2021, I was also very, it was very dramatic. I went through this identity crisis and uh, uh, I was really feeling that uh, everything was, um, there is something happening when you realize something about your identity that uh, that wasn't clear for you, even for you. And then I also made the decision to come out because I, I wanted to, of course, but uh, there were a lot of questions. I also be, became very aware that I'm going through this identity crisis. And even if people are friendly and open to that, they won't understand what it's like. They can't understand what I'm going through. I had such a strong need to talk to people. Uh, I, I was, it was kind of like uh, this experience made my, uh, everything that I pushed aside inside of myself came bursting out. And I was having just such a strong need to talk about this to talk to others, to explore this, of course, and to, so, and I realized that uh, even if I have friends who are nice to me, they won't be prepared to listen to me, all this that I need to talk about. And uh, I was trying to see if there was an asexual or aromantic communities in Sweden. And I was trying to find, there was not a group in my town or anything like that. But I came in touch with a few people on the internet and I also decided that maybe I could start a digital group myself because, you know, there was a pandemic and I thought everyone is starting digital book clubs. Maybe I can start one uh, discussing these books that I read myself. And I was writing in, in a few Facebook pages that if you're interested, you can be a part of this asexual and aromantic book club. And I had no idea because um, I started a Discord server and I was thinking maybe a couple of persons would like to discuss with me. But actually there came in a lot of people and I think we were 20 people in the start of it. And they were sharing their personal stories. And that one person had just recently come uh, to learn about this himself and um, and uh, I was 
feeling quite scared because I was thinking that because I have a history of being a pastor, I was thinking, well, I should be a leader. I should take care of all of these people. And I was afraid because I knew that I can't because I was broken apart in the inside myself. But then I realized I don't need to take care of anyone. I'm just the last person like everybody else to in the need of talking to people about this. I just want to make sure, of course, that people say the right pronouns and respect each other and everything like that. But that was not going to be a problem. So in the spring of 2021, we had conversations online almost every week because they wanted also to talk about this so badly. Uh, and uh, we were discussing uh, um, sexuality, uh, romantic orientation, relationships, the longing for meaningful relationships. Um, how can you tell if you're feeling attraction or not? If you don't know what it is, then how can you tell? <laughs> and uh, what is the difference between romantic attraction and sexual attraction? That's also very hard to figure out. Also, uh, a lot of asexual and romantic people are polyamorous as well. So we talk about that kind of relationships too. And uh, I was very overwhelmed because one person told me in the end of the uh, season that... Uh, uh, that that person was able to talk, talk about her uh, sexuality for the first time in her life but without feeling panic attacks or anxiety about it. And that is also something that I carry with me, that this is so important to talk about because I was 37 years old. I didn't know about this. Other people who are in their late 20s or 30s or something like that they also haven't been able to talk about their sexuality or relationships and uh, that's actually very serious i have this kind of expectation that in sweden we do know about queer identities and we know that there is a diversity in um, sexuality and uh, orientations and but then i realized that um when it comes to asexuality and aromanticism, there is so much lack of no knowledge and awareness. And uh, asexual and aromantic people, they don't know if they're going to be included or not. And uh, it's, it's very stressful to know, am I accepted in, in this uh, queer community or not? And if I say that I'm asexual, will people... Uh, know about what it is or do I need to explain myself and when it comes to aromanticism the awareness is even smaller the problem for asexual people in Sweden is that if you dare to identify as asexual as your orientation you have to be prepared to explain yourself of course and you have to pre be prepared that even if you go to uh, healthcare uh, where they have pride flags and they have the LGBTQ certificate, uh, you need to be prepared that if you say that you're aromantic or asexual, the healthcare giver could still say to you that no, that's not a valid orientation. You're just uh, need in, in need for treatment, and uh, uh, that this is a abnormality. That this is a defect. That you need treatment. Uh, and um, 
in some places they do know about asexuality, but a lot of times they don't. So that is the stress that you've experienced all the time. And uh, when I was in this, um, when I was arranging these book uh, club uh, conversations, I was very hurt when I heard young people who maybe they were trans people as well and uh, or cis people uh, that they told that they maybe they were going to a, a, a healthcare uh, appointment and they were expecting to be treated like a valid queer person but when they say that the, they were asexual they heard that no it's, it's a part of a disease it's not it's not a valid orientation uh, when I came out in this Christian organization that I'm a part of, I, I realized that people were very friendly and validating and encouraging, but a lot of people didn't know about what asexuality and aromanticism was. So I volunteered to make a PowerPoint presentation on one of our uh, events where I explained the identities and the spectrums and the pride flags and tried to educate, I guess. A few people asked me if I wanted to make that kind of presentation on Stockholm Pride as well. So I did that as well. I was very um, overwhelmed because I was thinking, how can I do that? I'm just recently just know about this. But I also felt very validated to be taken seriously in this way. And um, uh, I was encouraged by the community, the friends that I will come to the that I got to know through the book club and everything. So I was feeling the support of them. So it all started with me uh, wanting to do something, wanting to be an ally, wanting to do some kind of activism, because I think this is a passion of me that everyone uh, needs the same rights and everything. And then I didn't expect to find myself within the LGBTQ spectrum, but I did. and. Uh, now I guess I'm, I have a passion for t telling about this. I dare to make my own definition of my life and my orientation. I, I dare to stand in front of other LGBTQ people or allies and present this as my identity. And I actually, I feel very strong because um, before this happened in my life, I, I was always afraid that people would um, ask me about my sex life or sexuality. And I was just so, I've been carrying a lot of shame inside of myself all my life. But now I have the power that I can actually tell people I'm asexual, I'm aromantic. Before we continue, I have to ask one question because you mentioned that the cake is a very important symbol for Aeroace. Can you yes. explain what the cake means? Uh, well, uh, the cake is, um, I think, is a way of, uh, uh, you know, queer identities always make uh, jokes to joke about what's um, uh, different about them. And uh, so the, the cake is actually comes from uh, when people say that sex and romance is the most important thing in life for human beings. Then the asexual and aromantic people just ask the world, but what about cake? What's more wonderful in life than cake? <laughs> and the fun part is that I think a lot of 
people who are not asexual and aromantic would agree that cake actually is better than sex. <laughs> yes. I think it's also some kind of a way of with the humor and sense of humor that you uh, make things less dramatic, that you think that people are reacting towards asexual and aromantic people that, well, you're just not normal. You need this in your life uh, to have a fulfilled life. And then you say that, no, I'm fine. I have cake. I live a very wonderful life. <laughs> so that's, I, I love that kind of humor. And um, I've been enjoying a lot to read through Ace and Aru memes and jokes on the internet because I think it's so liberating to laugh at yourself. Jokes and humor, that's yeah. very powerful. I think it's a great way to turn around things. Another thing you mentioned and you talked about is that you were 37 when you found out about your Aeroace identity. What do you think makes it so hard to actually figure out that someone or that you yourself is Aeroace? Yes, I, I think it's easier for the young people of today because there are much more representation coming in books and TV series and, uh, you know, the very famous Netflix series Heartstopper is made by an asexual aromantic author called Alice Ostman and um, she has promised that for the second season she has big asexual plans to uh, give the representation of even that queer identity in the show and that of course means a lot and um, but the problem with the queer identities uh, to learn about them I think it's uh, a lot of books and uh, tv shows are in English and even if a lot of people and young people are uh, familiar with English can read in English in Sweden and so on of course there are people who don't so uh, it would be nice if there were more information about asexuality and aromanticism in, in Swedish. Uh, and I think also it's because um, the, asex the asexuality is not uh, talked about as much in the, if you have education in LGBTQ identities in your school or in your education, then asexuality is not always included and uh, there are a lot of misconceptions about asexuality that is unfortunate and i think uh, i've learned that um, well the lgbtq movement of course it's a result of uh, a lot of people's fighting for their rights and i think maybe it's harder for asexual people who are a minority even within the lgbtq community you need allies that also think this is important. I learned that um, even if people are talking about asexuality, it's not always the, the right, the correct definition. A lot of times people are talking about asexuality without even uh, asking advice from the ace community, which is very unfortunate because you, I've, seen, I've heard a lot of the definitions on asexuality that that asexual people, they don't have a sexuality at all. 
and that is very um, alienating because even if they, they, they could be right for a lot of asexual people, it's not right for everyone. And by using that kind of de definition, you're also erasing a lot of asexual people. Like, for example, I never thought I could be asexual because I do have a sexuality. I do have sexual experiences. It's just not connected to attraction to someone else. That's very important when you talk about asexuality and aromanticism and any other queer identity that you try to respect that it's actually a diversity within the identity. To answer your question, I think um, I think that there needs to be more information about asexuality and aromanticism, that people become more aware of that this experience also exists within humanity. I think that if you are going to educate about asexuality, you, you don't need to be asexual yourself, but you should make sure to, to take your information from a, a true source. You should listen to uh, asexual and aromantic people themselves. You can have as many definitions and textbooks and explanations as you, uh, a lot of uh, that kind of things, but I think that people really tr begins to understand when they listen to a person's personal story. I would uh, recommend uh, Oliver's uh, video on the YouTuber Queers of the World because um, that video is very important to know that um, asexual people are considered, uh, we, we are not considered to be valid. Uh, we are considered to be that there is something wrong with us. So asexual people needs to defend themselves all the time to say that, no, I'm not, uh, <laughs> my orientation is just uh, as it is. It's not caused by anything. And that makes it also very hard for people who maybe struggle with mental, uh, uh, mental issues or maybe they have bad experience in the past and if there are questions all the time that well uh, you can't be asexual that there needs to be a cause maybe there's some mental illness uh, based uh, uh, behind or maybe you have a bad exp sexual experience in your baggage uh, of course uh, that's very hard for a person who actually maybe have that kind of uh, experiences but unfortunately I know that they can be hard for people to accept asexuality even within the LGBTQ community because there are mis misconceptions that asexuality is about a negative view of sex. That we are trying to uh, say that sex is wrong or that we are anti-sex, which we are not. I, I, I never met another... I, I've never met another person who is asexual who doesn't fight for the rights of every queer identity to be in love with anyone that they are in love with or to have sex with the person that you want to have sex with, of course. But uh, I, I see that kind of re reaction sometimes that uh, we cannot include asexuality because it means that we get a negative view on sex and that's very unfortunate. And I also feel the, that people can get tired of learning. 
that they say that, oh, do I really need to learn about another identity? Uh, the LGBTQIA+, it's too many letters. I don't have the energy to learn. And it makes me so sad because when I see that there are so much uh, diversity in humanity, then I actually become happy when I meet someone who is um, having another experience than I have. I want to learn. I want to listen to that person. I am happy that they are here, that they are different. I, I get so disappointed when we in the church have the attitude that, oh, do we really need to talk about this? I had uh, a moment in January that when... Um, the leader of my local church where I actually used to work as a pastor before, but I, I quit my job of other reasons than this, but I, I'm still a member of that church. And one of the church leader uh, called me to say that, well, I've seen on Instagram that uh, you've been finding yourself. Oh, how wonderful, but this is nothing important to, that you need to talk about. I was so hurt by her comment because I thought that, who is she to say that this is nothing important to talk about? Being a part of church means a lot to me. And I, I, I actually, I thought that we were a community that would, uh, that would celebrate the diversity in humanity, that we would uh, take every person seriously because, um, that is the view I have of God, that God thinks that every person is so important that uh, God re gave his own life for every person. And of course, um, asexual and aromantic people have always existed, but the language in which people are identifying themselves are, are evolving all the time. But I also think that's the fantastic thing about the queer community that you can express yourself that you dare to identify yourself i just love to see the young people who are daring to identify themselves as asexual even though there could be an expert or a doctor telling them that no this is not an orientation but they dare to put their own words on themselves anyway I've, I've been uh, walking with my flags. There's always someone asking me, but what, what, does, uh, what do these flags mean? And I've been talking to people who are, maybe they are there as allies or they are LGBTQ people themselves. And I explained to them, this is the asexual flag. This is the aromantic flag. Asexuality is about not feeling sexual attraction. Aromantic is about not feeling romantic attraction. And maybe people have heard about asexuality, but they really, I, I recognize that doubting gaze in the eyes when I tell them about aromanticism. They just, oh, I don't know what that is. But it was so validating because I was walking in the Pride Parade on Örebro, which is the town where I live. And there was an ally there who asked me about the flags and when I told her about the aromantic flag I just saw in her eyes that no she she doesn't believe this is the thing <laughs> but I was walking there anyway and then at the end of the parade there was a young person running up to me saying oh I love your flags 
I'm an aromantic person myself. And then I felt so proud that I was walking there because another young, a, a young person could see my flag and see themselves. There was another time when I walked on Malmö Pride. I was walking with the asexual flag and I heard a comment behind my back saying, oh, is that, some, is that really something to be proud of? And I just felt that uh, I am proud of this. I am proud of myself. When I have my days when I struggle with shame or regret or feeling lonely or something like that, I, I just, uh, I have these memories when I've been walking with the flags and I've been so happy and proud and that it also brings me to connect with other people who also see themselves in these identities. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear. We already talked and some some things when we met the first time on Zoom and you mentioned this and it's just fascinating in one way, not in a good way, that people who experienced what it means when someone says this is not something to be proud of. Yeah, I as a gay person notice feeling when someone says this because that's the message that I got and that I was growing up with mm. and then I'm willing to say it to another person to something I don't understand I think about the thing that you talked that people are maybe not willing to learn about new things I understand mm. that people maybe don't have to the capacity to learn about everything or about every mm -hmm. sexuality, identity, that it can be too much. I, I know I talked to some mm -hmm. people and said, I just don't have the time like to know everything. Yeah. And there is more and more and more. And there are so many things. And I'm already committing myself to learn so much about something else. So I can understand mm -hmm. that. But what I would like to encourage people is just to be respectful. I don't have to know yeah. everything about Aeroace to be respectful mm. towards whatever mm. you say, especially if I don't understand and I can't look at you through my experience. Mm. Am I going to completely understand you? Probably not. <laughs> I'm never going to mm. understand 100% what it means to be Aeroace because I'm not Aeroace. Mm. Mm. But I can do my best and also be careful that I'm, when I listen to another Aeroways person or whatever identity or sexuality to take into account that it will be a different experience. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's the spectrum. Not yes, to and, um, expect, mm -hmm. but ju just to hear, okay, how was life for you? Yes. <laughs> you know? and, and that's um, all I need. Yes, and also when it comes to minorities that, uh, of course, you can understand people don't have the energy or capacity to learn about everything. But just to think about, because I was becoming more aware of myself that I put a lot of effort to listen to heteronormative stories and people telling me about what they feel, who they are attracted to and who they are not. And, you know, heartbreak, heartbreak stories, you know. Of course, I want to make effort to listen to the pers persons who are important to me, my friends, my family members and everything. 
And of course, I think it's important in church that we talk about these things, families, uh, relationships and uh, everything. But if I take a minute to say something about, well, I've discovered I work in this way to, to um, you know, I've been quiet about my sexual orientation and uh, feelings of intimacy and the need for connection all my life because I haven't understand it. And now I have words for it. I can express myself. And then to hear someone say that, no, you don't need to talk about this. It's not important. Then, of course, um, uh, I, I've been telling myself that I I should try to look for the places where I do feel validated and and welcome, that I do feel that I belong, because I guess something happened in me when people are actually listening to me, relating to my experiences, saying that, oh, this is so important to talk about because I'm I'm like that myself, I think. I don't have to be a part of a community that says we don't have space for this. We don't have energy to learn about this or talk about this. Okay, I'm not going to crash their space or anything. But what I would like is for uh, to find communities that actually celebrate that we are different and have the capacity of actually uh, listening to each other, I guess. If I would be a part of creating a kind of community i would try to have the attitude that that we should respect the diversity that we should make an effort to listen to other people you know i'm a white person i can never understand what it's like to be um, a victim of racist abuse for example but i could be respectful and say that well i cannot say something about this we need to listen to other people we need to learn about this so we can make sure that a person can feel safe in our community you know during this process when i exploring my asexual and aromantic identity i met so many queer people who have taught me about their identity and that means that i've been accepting myself more and loving my own experience more so Actually, I think it's validating to learn about other identities. We can't afford to be without uh, some pieces of the puzzle that is humanity. You know, one question that comes to, to mind, and this is not to be disrespectful, it's, it's just <laughs> an interest. You know, I, I think a huge problem for us who are not at the Aeroace uh, spectrum is the understanding it just looks so lonely yeah yeah <laughs> so what would you what would you say to that like aren't you lonely well, yeah <laughs> uh, uh, it's very interesting because um, i be, i've been strong and struggling with this myself to th not think of myself as I, oh i'm going to end up lonely because uh, that is my biggest fear in life and that was the biggest problem for me when I was trying to figure out why do I never feel attracted to anyone? Why do I never fall in love with someone? This is so... I was, uh, I was uh, in fear of being lonely, becoming bitter, becoming 
you know, a needy person and a bitter person and a jealous person. Yeah, it is a problem because it is a struggle for, of course, asexual and aromantic people to find relationships that are meaningful. We need to see where the problem is. The problem is the norms of society. The norm amateur-normativity, ama which is the norm that every human experience sexual and romantic love and the, that kind of relationship is the center of every person's life. That is a very strong norm. And um, uh, that is also the norm that makes doctors tell asexual people that this is something that needs to get treated because this is, can't be a normal human life. And of course, um, asexual and aromantic people are struggle with the feeling of loneliness because of the norms that are pressuring in society. Uh, in in uh, earlier times, there was the norms that only heterosexual relationships was valid and people who were gay were told that you're going to end up lonely if you keep on being the way you are but now we have hope because same-sex marriages are even uh, affirmed in church you can get married in church you don't need to feel that as a young person you don't need to feel that if i'm gay that i'm going to end up lonely and sad and you know uh, maybe you are asexual and you are romantically uh, attracted to other people. How can you find a partner who will accept you as asexual, respect your boundaries? Uh, maybe you can make uh, uh, the in intimate life work because, um, but then, then the asexual person needs to feel respected, of course. Uh, and um, uh, they shouldn't be the one in the relationship making all the compromise, maybe. Uh, and aromantic people who are who are not asexual, who are sexually attracted to other people, but not romantically, how can they feel that their relationships are just as valid as any other relationship? That doesn't mean that they are shallow. That doesn't mean that they are unloving because uh, you're just loving each other in a different kind of way. And as an aerialist person, as myself, I'm, um, I live on my own in my apartment, but I have uh, be becoming to uh, see my relationships in another perspective. For example, that you don't have to have one significant other to spend your whole life with. Uh, you can have a network of friends you can value the relationships you have with your friends. Maybe they are the love of your life. Maybe you can create some kind of community that will give you the emotional support that you need. Because um, as for myself, uh, um, I am struggling with the emotional needs that I do have and the emotional support that I do need for other people. And uh, I am in a situation where I'm 39 years old and the society is, uh, there are such strong norms that um, uh, these kind of emotional support, intimacy, family life, uh, practical life, you know, you share your economy, uh, even a thing like that is uh, within the romantic sexual relationship. And that becomes a struggle because uh, um, uh, 
you do have needs. You have a need of a hug. You have a need of an intimacy contact. You have a need of uh, someone to talk to when you come home from work and you just have to say to someone that I have a terrible day at work, you know. Before I knew I was a romantic and asexual, I have the problem that I was trying to pressure myself into trying to find the solution. I need to feel these kind of feelings for someone. Otherwise, I will end up lonely. But the, the difference uh, in learning about these identities is that I know that, okay, I don't feel that kind of attraction. I don't have to pressure myself because there's nothing wrong with me. I just need to find other ways to make these kind of relationships uh, to fill my needs. We have uh, um, attitudes in our society that a person who doesn't find their romantic love must be miserable. So you have that kind of uh, message through movies and media all the time. So you need to... Um, you need to ha you need to detox your mind. I have a friend who expresses um, when they started to identify as a romantic, they were starting to re re rewrite their life in their own language. That is something that I work with really hard right now to rewrite my life in my own to change perspective. Maybe I need different kinds of relationships. Uh, that would be a solution that is possible for me. You know, I started to think that even a person who is in a heterosexual romantic marriage, they fear being ending up lonely as well because you don't have the guarantee that the relationship will last all forever. And maybe you will die alone anyway because your partner might uh, not live as long as you do. Um, it would be nice to also see representation of asexual and aromantic people who are living their life without the romantic relationship, for, for example, but they are living a very fulfilled life anyway. But uh, even if I can tell, talk to you about it and, oh, I sound so smart, right? This is, sounds so wise. But actually, I do struggle myself because that is the internalized shame i think it means a lot to be in contact with other asexual and romantic people because when you are able to find people that you can talk to who actually understands uh, what you're going through then it becomes an easier burden to bear loneliness is a universal human feeling and yeah. having being in a relationship doesn't mean that you never feel lonely Especially if your relationship doesn't really work, you can feel extremely lonely. And I, mm. even as a person that does have feelings of romantic feelings and am sexually attracted to other people, I always disliked this pressure that is within society of you have to pair up. Yeah. I don't think that this is healthy even for, you know, straight, gay, whoever, you know, to have such a huge pressure of being paired up. And I actually believe that this is something where we can actually learn from Aeroace people, you know, something yeah. that you can give us 
is a bigger freedom that I don't have to be paired up. I don't have to yes. be 16 and have my pair. I don't have to be 25 yeah. and have my pair. It's fine if it happens with 35. Like yeah. just take this mm -hmm. pressure away. So I don't think that's a healthy thing. And talking about this, what you can give us or society in general, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, what do you see as the superpower of Aero Ace people, meaning like the advantages that you see of being Aero Ace? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, when you say that, I just feel the strong a feeling of of uh, uh, of pride, I guess it's um, you know um, when I first learned about uh, aromanticism and asexuality, I was out walking on the countryside and I was just listening to music, trying to trying to figure out what will this mean, what will this mean for my future, and I was very worried and I was praying to God, what well, what is going to happen in my life. And, and then I was just so overwhelmed with this feeling of euphoria that I, I was just feeling that even there are challenges and struggles, uh, at least I don't have to be someone that I'm not. I get to be myself. And that, that is, I think that is uh, something that is very strong to be able to uh, identify as uh, Con take control of, of your own experience the the feeling of you, there's nothing wrong with me I'm valid, I'm enough in myself uh, to experience that kind of self-acceptance and self-love um, and um, and you know asexual and aromantic people have a lot to give to others for example, asexual people can give you a piece of cake and tell you that, well, sex is not the most important thing in life. There are so many other important things. Don't worry. Uh, and for same thing with romantic love, it's of course, it's a very important and strong feelings for those who experience that. But it, life is so much more than that. And human relationships are so much more than romantic relationships that you can start to value value your friendship, that you can start to love yourself, to love your friend in such, you know, you can feel so, such a strong love for your friends and you are allowed, it's okay to love your friend that much. Uh, it, it's okay to have that kind of strong connection with your friends. It doesn't mean that that relationship is less than the romantic one, it can be something that you really appreciate and important part of your life. What does love even mean? You know, uh, we say the word love, it's kind of like a word that everyone should know what it means, but maybe not. You know, there are aromantic people who are actually calling themselves loveless arrows because they are challenging the the concept of love, they, they want to uh, find new definitions of what it means to care for each other and to live uh, in relationships. And I just think that's so amazing because that makes us have to think uh, what are we, what, what is uh, the thing that we really need? And uh, when you say that you love your friend or your spouse or 
anything. Uh, what do you, what does that really mean? When we talk about the love of God, what does that mean? Uh, and how to love your neighbor, what does that mean? There is something so powerful in finding pride in yourself, even if society says that this not this is nothing that exists, or even if a, a doctor says that this is unnormal, then people are protesting against that and walking in pride parades being proud of who they are anyway and i i've learned so much when i've been in this aromantic uh, video group because there are aromantic people who are not asexual the aromantic perspective would be that uh, sexuality has a value in itself it doesn't have to be in a romantic relationship sexuality is a beautiful thing and i think that god created sexuality to be a beautiful thing in itself to be enjoyed in the way that is very personal for every person of course if you want to learn about love and sexuality and relationships more you you you, you should need the aces and arrows i just want to say and encourage go find yourself some aces and arrows they are so important i think that's that's yeah. the thing you know it's it's what you said that's why you love diversity that's why i love mm. diversity but mm. the problem mm. with diversity is that you put questions in my mind yeah but that, that's <laughs> so amazing right <laughs> yes it is yeah. it is if you're naturally yeah. a person who likes questions i love questions mm. but yeah. i met people who dislike questions especially yeah, if yeah, they yeah. have to question themselves and you're yes, actually putting questions into mm. my sexual life my romantic life you know and they're coming yeah. up these questions what is actually love what is actually being romantic what is you know so yeah, yeah. i don't want to deal with that i just want my life to yeah, be no. easy <laughs> have no questions <laughs> well yeah but 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 imagine if you if you would just sit in your own living room content with what you know about romantic love sexual love and you know yourself and you say that to yourself that i don't want any more questions i don't want to learn anything more about human life it, it actually sounds to me very lonely so i could uh, ask uh, other people who are not arrays oh it, it sure does seem a bit lonely right yeah <laughs> i i agree i totally agree i i am a person that loves questions what should i say yeah, yeah. so yeah, i yeah. i get I it what you that. say yes otherwise you wouldn't have this podcast yes so yeah. we have to slowly end uh, this interview mm -hmm. but before mm -hmm. we end i want to give you a chance if you have anything that's really important for you to say about this topic and you didn't have the chance to share it is there anything else that you would like to add uh, i would just want to say that being asexual and aromantic is something to be really proud of and i would like to say to any asexual and aromantic person maybe listening um, that you uh, I just want to say that you are an important person and your experience of sexuality and romantic uh, orientation and or a lack of <laughs> of that if you, that's how you identify 
I would just like to say that it is really important to talk about. And I would wish for you to meet the attitude of others, other LGBTQ Christians or allies or anyone, that if you dare to come out and tell that, well, I, I can't you know that I'm always, I don't know what to do, that you get the support that you need and that you get listened to. And if you don't feel that way, I, I would just like to encourage you that there are other asexual and aromantic people out there. We should find each other. We should talk about it. And for myself, I would love to get in touch with aromantic Christian people to talk about how does the theology, how can an aromantic theology looks like? That would be so amazing to talk about. And um, I would like uh, to say to other LGBTQ Christians or allies that, um, well, it's okay to not know everything, of course. It's okay to not know every asexual and aromantic joke or um, uh, pride flag or identity or, or ways of explaining things or anything. But um, I would love that we as Christians or humans even that we meet each other with the respect and we are willing to learn and listen to each other that would that's something that gives me hope Ellen yeah. thank you <laughs> thank you so much for coming and sharing your story I experienced so many things you said as really vulnerable and I'm so thankful for the gift, you know, I always have this image of a really nice wrapped box with a nice ribbon around. Uh, actually, thank you for the cake. <laughs> uh, your, your story and what you shared was really a beautiful, beautiful cake, a very nice tasting cake. Uh, thank you for letting us in into your process, into your life, into everything you shared from your inside. And yeah, I'm just, as you can hear, I'm just thankful. So <laughs> thank oh, you so much. Thank you so much. And, and thank you. I would like to say thank you to you that you bring up this topic and that you are showing the interest because I think it would mean a lot to other Aces and Iris to see that, oh, the Crisis podcast, they are, you think this is important to have in your podcast. That's so amazing, I think. Yeah. You're very welcome and thank you for your thank you back. Thank you, dear viewers and listeners, for being with us today. Uh, as I said in the beginning, this podcast was made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian Groups. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share. And now it's also the time to comment to what you heard and maybe about sharing. Maybe you want to share a little bit of your own experience. And don't forget to share to others who might be interested in this topic. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. So we are at the end. Oh, one more thing. All the links. Ellen mentioned so many things, links, books, uh, there will be in the podcast description. So don't forget to check it out and don't forget to support this podcast. So see you next time. Bye everyone and bye Ellen. Bye bye.